Hello, everybody. Coming to you live from my condo, I'm Christian O'Mell. In our Polo Park studio is Bob Irving as we bring you this bomber hour here on Wednesday, May 20th. Uh, Bob, by the way, it is the 93rd birthday today of Bud Grant. Is that right? Yeah, I knew yes. Bud was in his early 90s. I read a little story about him. Like 93 today, and he still comes up here and goes duck hunting. Did you know that? He's one of the toughest men ever, I think. Yeah, no doubt. And the big news today, of course, the CFL kind of confirming what we've been thinking for a while, that there won't be games until September. Mm -hmm. The Great Cup getting moved, Bob, I think was the biggest probably news of the day. Yeah, and it was, uh, to me, the biggest takeaway today from Randy Ambrosi's announcements, and we'll have Randy on at 7.30 to talk about them. And there was a lot of vagueness still, and there has to be because nobody knows what's going to happen in the next two or three months. But he did confirm that there definitely won't be any games until September. He also confirmed, and we'll bring Kyle Walters, the GM of the Bombers, in on this topic, that the Bombers have a chance to host the Grey Cup game this year. So does every other team. But, Kyle, I don't know, is that kind of a exciting development for you? Yeah, you know, hey, hey first of all, hi, guys. Yeah. Hi. How hope, you doing? Good. I hope everybody's safe. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, interesting reading through all of that. You, my first text, to my, you know, talking about timelines and is the Grey Cup going to be moved into December? Is, you, you know, the host, who you know, team with the best record might get to host it. I, I sent Mike a text and said, uh, hosting the Grey Cup in Winnipeg in December has got a nice ring to it. So uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought, too. That's pretty exciting. Okay, so now the way I understand this, Kyle, is there... In all likelihood, you tell me what you know about this. The nine teams will play each other once, the top, and the top six would make the playoffs. So eight-game season, top six make the playoffs. Uh, one and two get a bye. Three plays six, four plays five. The winners play one and two, and then one and two meet in the Grey Cup, and whoever's got the best record hosts it. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah that sounds awesome. But, I mean, I'm there's to your point, there's so much can change depending on the timeline. So I, I've heard so many different possibilities of plans and i think that's what you know all leagues in you know, all sports leagues all teams are just going through contingency planning right now and 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 you know as far as i'm concerned i i we don't really don't care how it shakes down we just want to be playing some football yeah and you would typically we had mike o'shea on last night kyle and you would typically be right there at training camp all day long and watching the film and being involved in the meetings and this has changed your world. It's turned it upside down. How are you handling it? Yeah, it's been tough. It was nice to focus on the draft up until April 30th. That actually felt normal, what, you know, with, with doing all the draft work. And um, we weren't able to meet in person, but we had all the, all the uh, calls on the Zoom calls and, and uh, spoke to all the players. And it was, uh, that felt really good up until April 30th. Um, felt pretty normal. And now, now, you know, we're spending our time uh, you know, I know, I know Mike and the staff is prep when, when, when we're ready to go, they gotta, they gotta hit the ground running. We're not sure length of training camps. We're not sure. We're not sure of anything. So we better be ready to hit the ground running. And that's from an operation standpoint as well with, in regards to all the, all the planning that is pretty, you know, it's a template cookie cutter template year to year. That's not so much this year. So, so the, you know, downstairs, Brad and Al and myself and Matt, um, calling the film, you know, our film guy, we're all kind of just waiting to hear, um, when we get going so we can execute what we do, what we do every single year. Uh, the, the, the big twist this year for us is the global draft. And as far as we've been told, you know, that the plan is to still move forward with this. I mean, Randy's, Randy's 
visions for you know the CFL 2.0 and expanding our brand I, I, you know obviously took a, a, a kind of slowed down or I had some question marks with with uh, with the pandemic but I mean we're prepping and doing all the evaluations of all these European players so that you know if we got to call a name prior to a training camp we're going to get ready to go and and we'll move from there so that's a lot of our a lot of my time is spent on this global draft because there's you know, there's 300 names in there now, and it's uh, it's a monumental um, undertaking. And then just making sure we'll be ready to go um, when when the date's given that we can start and then training camps can start. And, you know, is there going to be quarantine for the players? How's that going to look? And just start, yeah. you know, start throwing around playing around with all those refresh teams. us sorry Kyle refresh us on the global uh situation this season how it was intended to break down how many players yeah. do you have to have on your roster this year so, two, there was going to be two on the active roster right. this year so two, two two global players dressing for every game and you could you could have up to three on your practice roster so okay. um which last year there was one on the active roster two on the practice roster but you know last year it was you know it did not have the magnitude of this year where we focused, you know, on, on a Mexican combine. And then essentially whatever, whatever players could make the trip over on short notice from their football leagues in, in Toronto uh, would come to the evaluation camp. This is uh, what, uh, what the league has done. And, and Greg Quick's been the point man as the, as the um, global scout, um, the organizer of all this. There's, there is a lot of names and there's a lot of good names, a lot of guys with NFL experience, um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a very interesting draft if, and when it comes, uh, because of the talent, there is a lot of talent in, in the, uh, out there playing football that qualify for this global draft. Now you say uh, former NFL players, how do they, uh, qualify? It's basically just with anybody without a, um, uh, who doesn't have a U.S. passport. So, so there's been, there's been names on that list of players, um, Particularly, you're seeing it. You're seeing it in the NCAA, where where players are are um, coming over and and training at US, but they're still maintaining their um, their national country's passport and their status, and and they're playing at a high level football. There was a player. Uh, there was a player from UConn drafted in the third round of the NFL draft this year um, that would qualify for our global draft, for okay. example. Oh, good. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be they'll be uh, when the list comes out and that draft comes, you're going to start going, wow, there is a um, hmm. there's a lot of good players yeah. coming out through this global draft this year. With this news today, Kyle, that we won't have games until September, does that take away at least a little bit of the uncertainty of what the next couple months will look like for your club? Yeah, you know, we kind of prepped accordingly, but but. Just following the the world and 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 the the news. I mean, I don't know that Bob touched on. I don't think there was any major surprises with the announcement today that no games will be played over summer. So, um, you know, we're, we're we were planning all along just to, as I said, contingency planning. If, if and when uh, the date is given to us, then then we'll execute our plan and go from there. So, you know. As I said, I don't I don't know that anybody was overly surprised with that news today, but you know, just to have a, some certainty behind it that, um, yeah, let's let's hope let's hope that September first date is, is is ready to go when we're playing football. Kyle, you would typically uh, spend a lot of time talking to uh, player agents. Are you hearing from agents much these days? 
No, it's quiet. Yeah. You know, you've seen, you know, a lot of the draft picks. I, I called all, uh, shortly after the draft in a couple of days. I reached out to all and said, it's going to be quiet. We're, we're going to need to wait on some certainty and, and go from there. And, and it's the same thing. You know, we've organizationally, you know, sending some information to the players and, and their unions doing a good job of keeping them informed. So, uh, you know, all the, all that work's more or less been done in regards to signing our training camp roster. Now it's, you know, everybody's, I think everybody understands this, uh, there's a bit of a, not a bit of a, there's a, there's a wait and see mode and every, the players are going to keep training. We're going to keep working and, and we're ready to go. Everybody will be ready to go. Now, uh, the NHL has said it will need a three week training camp before it could consider playing games. I know if the CFL can play in September, you'd want to get going as soon as you could in December or September, rather. How long a training camp would you need, Kyle, to get ready? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that, that, there'll be all sorts of different opinions on that. And, and I think from a player safety standpoint, I think there'll be a, a heavily heavy inputs from uh, the medical side of things. And, I, and I'm sure the, the, the PA is going to have their, their say too. So uh, I think, I think everybody's going to want to get out there playing football games as soon as possible, but there will be discussions um, in regards to safety. How, how long does a football player need um, to get ready for, for a football game and, and to avoid injury and, um, and go from there? So th- those will be discussions, and I don't know what the answer is, but we'll, um, you know, th- th- there'll be plenty of discussion in regards to that as far as how long a training camp can be. Christian? You mentioned that you're doing prep work for the global draft. We've got now months until there's games again, so this offseason just lasts longer and longer for you. Is there enough football stuff to fill your day on a daily basis? Yeah, that's the thing. This 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 global stuff is tough. We've you know with, with the uncertainty of the of the university season, we've actually started wrapping our heads around. Well, if we're not, if we're not out scouting um, football games in the fall at universities, we've we've started focusing on the 2021 CFL draft as well to start you know to under the the assumption that. You know, realistically, we may not be out at university football games in the fall. You know, we missed the East-West Bowl, which is held in the spring, that gives everybody a jump start on next year's draft, which we've missed. So, you know, we're we're kind of getting ourselves organized for the 2021 draft as well, certainly through a, a, a summer and fall where we're not going to be able to evaluate the players like we used to. And, and same with the... You know, with our with our American guy, that you know, we do a whole lot of our scouting on NFL training camps and how that's going to look, and and coming up with plans for um, a, a lot more film. And and we just it was in the uh, in the Canadian draft, it was a lot more work this year without being at the combine, without being able to see the players. There's the you know, generally in 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 all of scouting, what we're talking about here is you use your eyes, and it's as much to identify the good players. Um, but to sort of trim off your, your list as far as the players that don't have it, well, you don't have that opportunity now. So everybody's, everybody's still in the system. Everybody's getting evaluated. Everybody's having their film watched. And it takes up, takes up quite a bit more time not being able to see these guys in person and be able to write reports in person. Yeah. Kyle, we'll end it on this note. You played in this league for many years. You've coached in this league, the CFL, for many years. You've managed now in the CFL for many years. Do you sometimes uh, sit back and and just shake your head that we are where we are, that a pandemic has shut the thing down and in the minds of some cast the future of the league in doubt? It's kind of mind-boggling, isn't it? Mind-boggling is the word. It's, it's 
and I'm sure not just us in our line of work. There's no. a lot of people in, in a lot of lines of work scratching in the head, going, "Are you kidding me? This this is this is reality. It's like you just want to wake up. It was a terrible dream, but it's no nobody could have seen this coming. On and it's it's as I said, it's you don't want to get too too you know focused on your own problems and our league problems because there's a lot of a lot of people going through some tough times right now but um but yeah it it is mind mind-boggling to be in this state and and not not being out on a football field you know in the in the middle of may getting ready for a cfl season as the defending great cup champs and it's just sort of yeah. you know waiting and see what happens it's, it's mind-boggling is a good a good uh Good way to put it. Well, very quickly, we're going to talk to Dalton Sneed here in a couple of minutes, a quarterback from Montana. Tell us what you liked yeah. about him and why you signed yeah, him. Athletic, yeah, athletic, competitive. I mean, uh, you know, it was funny. Gary, Gary Lawless, our old Gary, was the one that kept saying, "You got, you know, he, he would vouch for him, and we'd watch the film, and and he was right on our list." And then a couple things worked out, and you know, he he's a competitor. He's tough. He's he's a he's a good athlete, and. You know, he, he he brings an attitude to that position, and he can he can run around and make plays. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, thanks very much. Appreciate your time. Okay, anytime, guys. Welcome back to the show, Christian O'Mell, Bob Irving, and we welcome to the show, and we welcome to the CGB Airways for the first time, Dalton Sneed, quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Dalton, how are you tonight? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Where are you right now? I'm currently in Phoenix, Arizona. And what is the temperature there? Oh, it is beautiful. It's about 90 degrees, but uh, trying to stay out of the sun, you can get a little toasty uh, out in the sun. So. Hey, Dalton, it's 81 degrees here. Oh, man, that's beautiful. <laughs> Let me ask you, now, if things had worked out and we were in normal times, you, Dalton Sneed, quarterback from Montana University, would have finished Bomber Rookie Camp. You'd be in the thick of the battle here in training camp. How bummed out are you about all this? It is super unfortunate, um, as I'm sure it is for just about everybody in the world at this point. Um, but, hey, just trying to stay positive and, and kind of look forward to the future and just stay ready for when that time comes. Just, uh, I guess it teaches you to appreciate things that much more, you know. Tell us how you wound up signing with the Bombers. Well, I got a call um, from someone on the staff uh basically just reaching out telling them telling me that they were interested and that kind of got the ball rolling um and spoke with my agent and i guess it was a, a few days later that uh they'd offered a contract and i ended up signing a, a day or two later it was, it was actually a, a real quick turnaround for me and um i just couldn't be happier it's an opportunity for me to continue my career of playing football and i jumped on it right away you know much about the cfl Nothing really at all. Uh, I do a lot more now. I've been studying up on it. I signed March 30th, so I've had my time to, you know, start watching film and get familiar with the game as best I could before I get up there and, and compete. Well, the Bombers won the Grey Cup. You know that, eh? Yes, sir. <laughs> Did you also know that the guy who's considered the greatest quarterback in Montana history, Dave Dickinson, is the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders? Yes, sir. I did know that. I've actually, uh, I've met Dave once. He actually came down for when he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, and he spoke to our team, so I was able to meet him, and it was just super cool that he's uh, left such a legacy at the University of Montana and then was so successful in the CFL, not only as a player, but as a coach and someone who that I look up to tremendously. Yeah, Christian, go ahead. Well, you play a position that is 
completely different going from American to Canadian, and you're also going to a team that is installing a new offensive coordinator. Do you have a playbook? Were you given anything to try to get used to the differences between American football and Canadian football? Well, we've actually been um, meeting online virtually through Zoom, um, and Coach Coach Pierce, who's the offense coordinator now, has been meeting with all of us, and we've been doing installs, trying to you know stay ahead and um, learn the playbook, so to speak. So when that time does come, when we start camp and whatnot, we uh, kind of hit the ground running. There's no real transition into like a day one install. We're already ready and ahead of the game. Dalton, your stats, your last two years at Montana, uh, 64% completion, over 6,000 yards, 47 TDs. You also did some running. Describe for our listeners and the fans the, the style of quarterback you like to play. Well, I, I like to sit in the pocket as much as I can and, and throw the ball. I like to say that I'm a dual-threat guy um, that has the ability to run, but I like to stand back there, and if, if I have the opportunity to throw the ball downfield, that's what I'm going to do. I want to stay in there as long as I can and, and try and make that play, get the ball to the playmakers. And if it does break down, have the opportunity to use my legs to, to move the ball. And Kyle Walters, the general manager of the Bombers, told us just a few minutes ago that you bring some attitude to the game. Yes, sir. I, I always try and play with a chip on my shoulder. And um, I'm com- competitive by nature and, and play with my hair on fire. And that's kind of the way I, I was I was raised by my parents and that's what I want to bring to the Bombers is, is that attitude and that chip on my shoulder and, and always go out there with a competitive edge. Christian, anything for Dalton before we let him go? I think that's great, Dalton. Appreciate your time tonight. Stay, uh, I guess, cool as you can, and uh, obviously best of luck as you continue to train, and we'll see you up in Winnipeg here hopefully sometime in 2020. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. You'll love it here. Dalton Sneed, quarterback. He played at Montana, signed by the Bombers, and he'll be in camp. Whenever there is a camp. Welcome back. Christian O'Mell, Bob Irving with you. Bob, I need your advice. It is 25 degrees inside my condo right now. Should I turn on the air conditioning? Yeah, you might want to think about that, <laughs> Christian. Uh, it, it, you know, in late May, you wouldn't uh, expect no. you'd have to do that, right? But uh, we won't uh, We won't say anything bad about it because it, we suffered enough through April and the early part of May That's with true. the weather. Let's enjoy it. Absolutely. The one thing is I have to keep my now balcony door closed so my cat go, can't go outside. I think he'll appreciate it that it's not so super hot in this place. All right. The big news of the day today is that the CFL has announced that there will no be no games until September at the earliest. If there are games at all, the Grey Cup will not for sure happen in Regina. It still technically could, but they're not guaranteed to host it. The game could be in December. Basically laying out a number of changes as they try to plan for all possible scenarios here in 2020. And to talk about all this, we are joined now by the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi. Randy, good evening. Welcome to the show. Yeah, great to be with you. Thank you. So, Randy, this news today, we'll start with the Grey Cup announcement that it's being shifted to 2022. How long has this been in the works as a contingency plan for the league and the organizing committee in Regina? Yeah, we started talking, uh, you know, with the Board of Governors and with the Riders about this some time ago. You know, it it, uh, it came up because the Riders, uh, you know, indicated they were, of course, spending a lot of money and a lot of time and energy on the planning process. And with the, you know, the, you know, with the COVID virus and all of its effects on uh, on football and sports in general, we started really thinking about whether or not we'd be able to to have a, a real 
you know, traditional Grey Cup with all the festivities and, of course, the fan festival. And I think we came to the conclusion that while, you know, even if we might play the game, the kind of Grey Cup that our fans are used to wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be possible this year. And with that in mind, uh, the wheels were set in motion to make the, uh, make the announcement we, that we did today. So the Riders get it in 2022, Randy, and good to have you on the show here tonight. Hamilton in 2021. Tell us how this win and host model for this year's Grey Cup game, if in fact you can play games as you want to, how it's going to work. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's a real credit to the team presidents, including Wade Miller, who you know, thought that this would be a, a, an interesting wrinkle, giving, given how uh, bizarre you know this season or this uh, this year is proving to be. That this would be an interesting wrinkle. That that uh, of the last two teams left standing, uh, you know, it, uh, that would be heading to the Grey Cup. The team with the the team with the the best regular season record would get the host. And it just seemed like a, a you know a, a great way to to wrap up this season, assuming that we can play, and uh, and a great way to get all nine teams involved in the hunt for the Grey Cup this year. So, you know, again, real credit to the team presidents for putting their heads together and coming up with this idea. Okay, so the way I see this breaking down, you tell me, Randy, and I'm sure you guys have looked at this sort of model. Uh, if you could play eight games after the start of September, uh, nine teams play everybody once each. That's eight games. Top six make the playoffs. One, two, get a bye. Three against six, four against five. And then they play the semis and on to the final. And Bob's your uncle. How does that sound? Let's do it, Randy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Bob, it occurred to me as I was thinking about being on the show with you today that you might have been the one guy that that I could have said, Bob, you've probably seen it all. (laughs) <laughs> and, 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 and Bob, I, I wonder if after what we've seen for the last 10 weeks, if you can now say that you really have seen it all. Well, I really have seen it all. And I was going to ask you, and I have covered this league, as you know, for almost 50 years now, and I've been through all sorts of ups and downs and, uh, you know, predictions of gloom and doom and all the rest of it. And the CFL survives, and it always will. I don't uh, have a second thought that the CFL will get through this and be playing either uh, late this year and next year. But when you signed on as commissioner of this league, if someone had said to you, Randy Ambrosi, you're going to have to deal with a pandemic in 2020 that might cost you a season, what would you have said? Well, I would have gone to my dictionary to look up pandemic. <laughs> would have been my would have been my first step. But no, obviously, um, look, we're all in something that we've never seen before. None of us, uh, you know, have uh, been through this type of situation before. Um, Bob, honestly, it's weird. I, I guess I would have. Uh, I, I could have never have guessed. Uh, you know, I, I was coming off of. We were coming off of Calgary, and with. Uh, with Sid and Gary stepping in to buy the Alouettes, and and I and I should tell you, I finished, I finished 2019. I was so filled with optimism because uh, once you get to to meet Gary and 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 his father-in-law Sid, you'll just love them. And I thought, wow, now we really got to get this thing cooking because we got Montreal settled, and and uh, boy, was I excited to start this year. And of course, no way could we have uh, could have forecasted that we'd find ourselves in this. But Bob, I agree. You know, one thing I've reminded myself uh, that this is more than just football. It it is something that is fundamentally Canadian. 
an important part of our culture. And we may have to roll up our sleeves and get creative, but we're not going to let this grand old league slip through our fingers. No, oh, I know you're not. And and the fans across the, the country aren't going to let that happen either. Randy, what can you tell us about your efforts to uh, get some financial support from the federal government? Are you making progress in that regard? Yeah, you know, the conversations have been quite positive. Obviously, um, you know, you have to you have to tip your hat to the governments. And I, and I include... You know, the federal government and, and uh, the provincial governments, uh, Premier Pallister and, and his government, and of course, uh, the cities and, and Mayor, uh, you know, the Mayor of Winnipeg, Mayor Bowman, uh, they're, all under, they're all under pressures that are almost hard to imagine. And, uh, and they've got a, a new crisis to deal with. In fact, many more than one crisis to deal with every day. Bob, the fact that they've uh, engaged us in a conversation is very encouraging, but I, I would say Look, we are we are having productive discussions there for sure, uh, but there are things that we can do ourselves as well. And you know, we are uh, setting in place the wheels are in motion to look at a whole number of scenarios that uh, you know will help us get through the crisis. You know, one of the things I talked about on the uh, you know on the call today uh, was that look, I think it's a great time to really revisit our business model. We we've really got to make sure that we don't waste this crisis, that we take advantage of all that we've learned. Let's, uh, you know, let's make, uh, let's make some adjustments. Let's, uh, let's make sure that when we get to the other side of this, that we're left with a Canadian football league that we can all be excited about for decades to come. So I, you know, I, I, I am pleased with the conversations we're having with government, but, but I'm frankly, Bob, I'm really excited to tap into the energy that I can get from the governors and, you know, Dana Spiring's been a, a, a great support for all of us at the at the Board of Governors level. And Wade Miller continues to be a force of nature and a pleasure to work with. And I'm just trying to tap into all that energy because uh, from that, I think all of the solutions we need will uh, that we'll be able to find and, and put into place. Randy, I'm, I'm curious about the no fans part of this. Obviously, we don't know what the science will be. We don't know what the state of the pandemic will be come September, come two weeks from now, but it seems unlikely at the moment that you'll have fans in the stands at any point in 2020. If that is the case, financially, how will the league come out of it? Well, Christian, the uh, the answer is that we are modeling uh, right now. You know, one of the one of the things we're exploring is: are there other creative revenue opportunities that might be that we might be able to tap into to kind of offset, uh, at least in part, uh, an empty stadium? We're of course looking at uh, socially distant fan scenarios. Of course, that's not. Uh, that's not going to conquer uh, the entire problem, and it would certainly be strange for our fans to um, sit six feet away from one another. Although I did have a fan, a, 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 a gentleman, tell me that his wife uh, says that he drives her crazy at games because he because he's a little nutty, and she would like to sit six feet <laughs> apart from him. So I thought that was a I thought that was a little ray of sunshine. But no, you know, we are looking at that scenario. And to see if maybe we can tap into some different kinds of revenues uh, that that might help us to play under uh, an empty stadium scenario, you know, frankly, it's tough, but it is definitely worth doing that work. When you say different kinds of revenues, what are you talking about, Randy? 
Oh, gosh, the guys are uh, like, where's more creativity around the CFL conference uh, lines these days than than you could imagine? You know, just really, uh, I guess, Bob, nothing specific other than, you know, just tapping into some like, is there a membership, uh, some kind of special privileges that we might offer fans, uh, you know, ways of tapping into the enormous passion that our fans have for our game? I think it's just, Bob, it's just a lot of, you know, what can we do that's different or special to really engage with our with our fans, or our season ticket holders, uh, you know, uh, who are ex- especially passionate about our league. And, you know, we're just trying to be creative right now. We haven't reached any conclusions, but we're definitely throwing out some interesting ideas. Well, I'm sure you've talked about this possibility. Uh, and September is three and a, almost three and a half months away. So much can happen. Much can change. Uh, I can see a scenario where things have really leveled off with the COVID-19. And in September, the Blue Bombers will play a game at IG Field and have, I don't know, maybe 15,000, 16,000 fans there socially distanced with good controls in the concourses and everything else. Is that a possibility? Yeah, again, Bob, we're looking at we're looking at everything. We're we're actually we've gone through an exercise with one of our stadiums to kind of map out what a socially distant, uh, you know, fan experience would look like. The problem isn't just in the rows and how far apart you'd have to be; it's the number of rows between those seats where you have fans that becomes part of the problem. And then the question is ultimately, you know, what percentage of your available seats can you really use? Uh, but again, we're going through that exercise now. I think it's really worthwhile. Um, you know, our, our governors have asked us to, to really run all of these ideas to ground. Some of them uh, will yield uh, positive results and, and others, uh, you know, less so. But, uh, but it is the work that we're doing today. And who knows, we, we could come up with a real creative strategy that allows us to play this year. But I, I am reminded, and I think both of you will appreciate this, really this this virus is still in charge. And ultimately, uh, it is going to it is going to determine a lot of, of whether we can play and if, and if we can play, how do we do that? It's also been pointed out that this is a, uh, this is a contact virus and we play perhaps the, the single greatest contact sport on the planet so those two don't necessarily align very well that's right we've seen a lot of leagues debating these hub city plans the nba today we've seen reports that orlando and disney world seems to be the leader in the clubhouse there is this something that makes any sense for the cfl well again it's a scenario that we are investigating and uh you know i should say real Hats off to uh, to our presidents, and again, I, I point to Wade uh, Miller in Winnipeg. Wade's been a real driving force to uh, to explore all of these options. So, yeah, we are looking at it. Uh, it's very complex, as you can imagine. Not only do you have to isolate your players and coaches and and football operations, but then you've got your your game officials that would have to be isolated as well. And our, you know, all of our referees in the league all have uh, other jobs. So, you know, there's that complexity. And then if you're going to house them, you not only have to house the players and all of our football staff, but you'd have to house uh, their transportation because you've got to get them to and from. You've got all the people, you know, that are at a hotel, for example, that would be providing service that would have to be isolated as well. It, it's a complicated it's a complicated task. I have been talking 
with other leagues, uh, uh, you know, about what they're trying to do, and and we're comparing notes. But it's certainly worth uh, pursuing, just uh, because in the end, whatever decision we make, we want to be able to say to our fans, and to all of you, frankly, we want to be able to tell you that we looked at everything, and whatever path we choose is the one that is truly best for the future of the league. Randy Ambrosi, do you allow yourself to think, and not being naive here, but do you allow yourself to think at all that in in just over three months, just over three months, which would be the end of August, that uh, this COVID-19 might have settled down to the point where some of the concerns we're talking about are not so dramatic and that things have opened up in a way that makes it easier for you to get out and play some games. Do you do you uh, do you allow yourself to think that? Oh, Bob, I I I, I do because uh, from uh, from hope springs eternal. Is that the expression? That would be it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think you have to indulge. Maybe maybe beyond uh, the the issue of football, maybe just for all of us in our in our day to day lives that somehow some way we're going to be returning to more of a normal, you know, more of a normal life at some point. I mean, this has been hard on families. It's been hard on businesses. I know Winnipeggers have been hit hard, even even though Manitoba and Saskatchewan have not been as hard hit as other provinces. It's still been very tough on Winnipeggers and Manitobans. So, yeah, Bob, I do indulge myself in a little bit of that. Uh, you know, I try to be an optimist in my in my day-to-day life. Uh, and let's hope that something comes our way that uh, maybe we haven't seen as of yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the we know the president is uh, you know is injecting himself with bleach. Uh, maybe that'll prove <laughs> to be the winning formula. <laughs> Who the heck knows? Yeah, oh, I could say something about that, but I won't. Let me ask you one more question before we let you go. You know, whatever you decide to do, you have to have the cooperation of the players' association. Obviously, tell us what. And I know you've been in contact uh, with their leaders, uh, Randy. What is the players' biggest concern? Would you say from your discussions with them? Yeah, you know what, uh, Bob. A great question. And I had a wonderful call with Brian Ramsey last night. And you know, Bob, it was great because it was just two former players, really, more than anything else just talking about how tough this has to be on the players right now. Yeah. And, uh, and what came out of that is a real, you know, we were both sharing how tough this would have been for us, you know, with families at home and, and, uh, and, you know, bills to pay. I think the number one issue is, you know, how are the players going to get through this? They're obviously haven't been paid since, uh, you know, from the teams that went all the way to the great cup late November last year. It's been a long off season. Uh, many of these uh, young young men who play our great game have families to to feed and bills to pay. Uh, so you know, Bob, I think one of the issues is you know how do we how do we can we find a way to look after them, uh, and how do we do that? So I I, I really did think uh, I thought last night was one of those great moments where Brian and I were really just two guys talking about the players that we care about an awful lot. And I would say my my think my number one I think the number one concern is, uh, you know, what is there a way that we can help look after the players? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you know, you talk about that, and I've talked about this with a lot of people. How these guys budget to start getting paid again in, yeah. in June, and you know, they spend their whole year in, in budgeting their their livelihood around that. 
And it's not going to be there now. It's got to be awfully tough on, and for not just football players. And Randy, we all know this. There's a lot of people outside of sport who are affected, but we're talking about football players. And boy, it's a big challenge, isn't it? It certainly is. And, you know, Bob, again, all you have to do is go back in time. And, you know, I think about my own life and, you know, the nine seasons that I played. And Barb and I have spent some time talking about this. She's actually been a real good sounding board for me. And she's reminded me, you know, how important it is I care that I care about the players because she said, you know, this would have been tough on us. You know, young family trying to, you know, trying to get our start in life. So, Bob, you're right. Tough, tough for them, tough for so many Canadians. And that's why we all got to stick together and fight our way through the crisis. Randy, thanks for all your time tonight. You know, it's much appreciated. I know there's a, a lot of family members of yours still here, and uh, you have a big audience when you're on our radio station. So thanks for doing it. And we look forward to seeing you at a football stadium here somewhere down the road. I'd like nothing more than that. <laughs> and, and best wishes to both of you. And thanks, stay Randy. healthy.